Welcome to the Platform to Perform podcast, the podcast for athletes, coaches, and anyone looking to perform at their highest level. If performance is your goal, then we aim to provide you with the platform to perform. On episode four of today's podcast, I have Don Demetrius joining me. How are you, Don? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, mate. Very well, thank you. Going to dive straight in. Um, my first question is, why do you do what you do? So I do what I do because uh, you know, I got into this whole thing from just simply helping a friend and uh, from you know, helping out friends to helping her get her incredible result. It gave me so much fulfillment. And um, you know, I was doing other things before. I used to, I used to be a game developer. And uh, I've never got so much fulfillment from doing something like helping somebody get her health goal, basically. And I decided to just start doing this full time. I started to help more people and uh, yeah, I actually really enjoy it. So yeah, simply because I enjoy helping people and <laughs> it improves their lives. So yeah, that's why I do it. Brilliant. And um, as I said, I followed your journey on social media. It's been, you've been brutally honest, which I think is why a lot of people find themselves attracted to your content. What, was there a defining moment for you when you went from, for example, uh, being a game developer, uh, quite introverted and shy by your own admission to thinking, right, I want to help as many people as I can? Yeah, there was, a one, there was certainly, I mean, there were various moments, but probably the one that stands out is, as I said, when I helped my friends. So basically, uh, she needs to lose weight for her wedding dress, right? And she was doing kind of the wrong thing. You know, typically, <laughs> people want to lose it for their for the dress or even lose weight in general, they tend to want to just starve themselves, um, do the traditional cardio, nothing wrong with cardio, but there's so many better ways that you can do it sustainably as well. And uh, from my knowledge and from what I learned, from what I was learning from a coach as well as my own experience, um, I thought, you know what, let me, let me help you out. You know, I can, you don't have to deal with this stuff. And so uh, gave my friend uh, um, a program to follow, uh, kept her accountable. And that was the first time I was coaching, right? And uh, I'll tell you what, <laughs> it was tough because my first time coaching, I was wondering, why is, this, why is she not listening to what I'm saying, right? <laughs> and uh, I had to really develop myself as well as, you know, help her out. So I was learning so much, growing so much from that. And uh, she started to see results. And luckily, you know, we had enough time for her to you know, see the results. We had about three months. But if she didn't get the results, she'd have to pay up to like, 500 to 600 pounds oh, to wow. get altered right so i'm like no way <laughs> let's do this and she trusted me and it got to about one week out from the wedding so it was make or break whether she'd actually fit in the dress right and i said you know what? if you don't fit i'll just pay for it because <laughs> it's my fault right? i'll just take responsibility because yeah i coached you right um but in the end she ended up texting me saying don the dress is too loose i'm like what so I lost too much weight. <laughs> I was like, whoa, she lost too much weight for the dress. So like, okay, okay, let's uh, stop. Let's go eat some McDonald's. <laughs> go eat some, fill it out. Go and, you know, you've done it. You've done it. And um, yeah, it's crazy. And from the moment uh, I was invited to the wedding, of course, and uh, I, she gave me a shout out in her speeches, which was amazing. And I finally got a moment with her, like one-on-one. And uh, so I said, you know, Andrea, her name is Andrea. You trusted me, <laughs> you had faith, and you looked absolutely amazing on your, your biggest day. How did you feel? And she said, Don, I'm so, so happy. Thank you so much. And she gave me like the biggest hug. And from that moment, 
that's the moment where I thought, you know what? I got so much fulfillment from that moment. I just thought, let's just do this. And from there, I've been doing videos. I did the video of the, the whole story. People are inspired by that story and people start to reach out to me for help. And so that's how things start to <laughs> get rolling. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And uh, for the, the listeners who don't know, I, as I said, I've followed Don's content for quite a while and he posted a beautiful video a couple of days ago explaining that Andres put all the weight back on, which, uh, can you tell <laughs> us why, Don? Yes. Well, she's been eating too much, but that's because she's got a baby to feed now. <laughs> so she's, she's pregnant. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> How, how important um, do you feel like, obviously, the, me, the market is saturated with people who, for example, want to make a quick amount of money, um, get all your wildest dreams in six weeks, very short-termism. How important is that personal connection for you as a coach, and how important do you think it should be for coaches who, yes, they're trying to make money, but ultimately, it's about the person they're trying to help? I think never... I think the, the thing that keeps me going is never to lose sight of why you started in the first place. You know, I've, I, there have been moments, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. I have had moments where, oh, why don't I just start doing this instead? Why don't I just, uh, you know, maybe do a supplement or and nothing wrong with that stuff. But what really got me started was because I actually really enjoyed helping and coaching one-to-one. And I don't think I'd ever stop doing that. But I could be doing things like just straight up programs, just giving people programs and stuff like that. But I actually really enjoy coaching. And I think people, you know, should never lose sight of why they started in the first place, whether that is to help people. I'm sure it is, right? And so keep that in the in forefront of your mind, not back of your mind. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what keeps me going. And I find some people you know, tend to just get lost in starting a business and want to just make money and just think about scalability and that stuff, but never lose sight of where you started. So that's really helped me. How do you balance the, as you said, if a business makes no money and no matter how much you enjoy it, it's obviously not feasible, but ultimately it's a, we're in the business of helping people. How do you balance, for example, upskilling your ability to uh, maintain or create positive relationships so you can help the person in front of you versus investing money or time in terms of developing your understanding of how business works? How do you balance the two? I think that's a good question. How do you balance the two? I think it's, they're both vital. In fact, probably you know, the results is number one for the client. Of course. Right? If you don't bring results to the client, then you've got no business right? yep. and so that's got to be number one definitely and after that it's got to be to you know grow the business because if you don't if you don't grow a business if you don't get paid then you can't help people right you can't help more people either so i think the number one priority for me has always been to just do whatever it takes no matter what to help them as much as you can and then from there uh, you know, grow, think about the business side. So you've got to learn how to sell, market. You've got to build relationships, as you know, as well. You've got to, you know, don't worry so much about being the 100% best coach, but do as the best you can right now to help your clients. But then you've got to also focus on the business as well because you've, you've got to grow it to actually keep helping people. So I'm not sure if that answers the question, but it's a, it's a tough balance, yep. but those are two things that are vital. Definitely. What are some of the, so if you could, for example, 
uh, go back in time. How, how long has it been since you've sort of been effectively starting your own business now? Uh, so I probably started about maybe 18 months ago. 18 months ago. So it's still, still relatively new in the grand scheme of things. Um, what advice would you give yourself if you were to start all over again? Obviously, I appreciate you're only 18 months down the line, which some people may see as fairly new. But what advice, be it business advice, coaching advice, uh, lifestyle advice, would you give to a younger version of yourself? Hmm, that's a good question. Probably to invest in a mentor earlier. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I, I did invest in a mentor to help me out, get my message out there to get me out of that comfort zone to start a business as well. But certainly to invest in a mentor much earlier because before this stuff, I was doing things on the side. I was doing my own games. I was doing my own consultancy, all that stuff. But I wasn't really seeing you know, any return. But the moment I had a mentor to, okay, you know, when I invested in mental, by the way, I was doing three different things. I was making my own games. I was starting a new application uh, on new software. And I was thinking about doing coaching. But I had a good thing I had a mentor was to just focus me on the one thing. And that's how I managed to get it off the ground. So get a mentor, really. That's the one piece of advice. Say. And in regard to getting a mentor, especially if you're new to uh, whether it's business, strength and conditioning, whatever it is, as someone with relative inexperience, how do you go about deciding, for example, one, what you even need in a mentor? Because a lot of people talk about getting one, but don't talk about, for example, what you should look for. And how do you decide if, for example, this mentor, yes, they may be well-established in the industry that you want to be well-established in. How do you decide if that person is a good fit for you or vice versa? I think you've got to really, firstly, do your, do your research on them, of course, make sure that they are where you want to be. Like, are they actually getting results that you want, right? Um, make sure you, you check, you know, all of the social proof of that stuff. Make sure that it's all legit. And then find somebody who you resonate with. Find somebody who shares the same values as you. Because there's so many coaches out there, so many different fitness business coaches out there that I've seen uh, recently. But there's not, I mean, I don't resonate with every single one of them. Like. Maybe this guy earns more. Maybe he shouts more about it. But this guy, I can resonate with because his message, it kind of it lands for me, right? And he's actually giving a lot of value. So I think first thing is to make sure they actually have the results. Yep. Second thing, do you actually resonate with them? Even if they've got all the money, if they're a dick and you don't really like them, yep. you know, you're not really going to take them seriously, right? So those are two things I would say. Brilliant. Brilliant. And with the, obviously the experience you've gained from being mentored, uh, I know from the chat we had off air that you have, for example, post-it notes with certain lessons or mantras. And I know this is going to be hard to limit it just to one piece of advice. Um, but what is the uh, standout piece of advice you've received, whether it's for your coaching, your business, or just general life? And again, don't worry if you can't limit it to one, um, you know, take as long as you need. I think definitely, I have to say it's something to do with belief, like along the lines of belief, because I know when you're first starting out something new, you're kind of having that imposter syndrome where you're not sure if you're good enough. You're not sure if you know, what people think, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so I would say number one piece of advice or one quote I heard is this, is that people believe more in their gods, in religion, 
in politicians, all of that stuff, but they don't necessarily believe in themselves. So don't be one of those people. <laughs> and so I, I, I have that on my wall. I carry that with me. Um, seriously, just believe in yourself because at the end of the day, people can learn things. You know, you can learn the skills, you can know that stuff. Everything is learnable. People are where you want to be. There's no reason why you can't do it, right? So just believe in yourself. That's Absolutely. Really say. And I, ironically, this question almost um, rides off the back of what you've said about the imposter syndrome. So I often think if someone watched my session, what would, well, one, what would they think about my coaching or uh, how I designed the session, how I'd interacted with the athlete? What would your harshest critic say about you as a coach or as a business person? My harshest critic, what would they say? They'd probably say maybe I'm too soft. Okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, I, I see PTs all the time, like literally just barking always at their clients sometimes and thinking, wow, did they really need to do that to get them motivated? Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not necessarily that kind of person to just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm naturally introverted, right? So I'm not yep. someone to just bark orders. So I do it in a different way. I do it more about asking questions and kind of getting them to have that breakthrough by asking the right questions and by doing that you know i don't need to get aggressive but you know i can find a way that works for me that uh, allows them to see progress and allows them to get motivated based on their own you know feelings and i think being a good coach i think you have to find your own style yeah nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with you know bucket walls and stuff like that but yeah i am literally relaxed i'm chilled out <laughs> So, yeah, I guess people would really say that about me, but really, he's a coach, but yeah. <laughs> and as I said to you off air, I find it really interesting that you say you're quite introverted. I find that in coaching scenarios, and I'm sure this is the same for you, uh, that you almost not put on a mask, but you naturally want the session to be filled with energy. You want your videos to appeal to people, which as a natural introvert is perhaps more difficult for people like me and you. How do you get yourself in the frame of mind where you obviously want to help people with your videos? How do you get yourself in a frame of mind or with the right amount of enthusiasm where you're going to reach people in the way that you want to reach them? Mm. So for me, what's really helped is you've got to really get out of your own head. You know, when people are doing like videos and stuff like that, or whenever they're going to go for a client or coaching a client, they tend to worry about how things are going and when you worry too much it means you're stuck in your own head and you're thinking about yourself so what i do is i tend to just focus more on them focus on what exactly they need how can i how can i best help this person right now and for example in a video if i know that you know i've had a bad day so far but i've got to do a video i'm like okay it's not about me <laughs> i have to really just wake up i have to do what it takes to just you know get in the best state so that i can serve so i can help somebody somebody may need this somebody may be you know in need so just get out of your own head and focus on who you're trying to help do you you think that would be good advice for anyone who as you said is trying to grow their social media presence for their business or just trying to put themselves out there a little bit more to focus less on for example the content that they are putting out there and how it might be received and how people might think about them versus as you said who is this content for? How am I helping somebody else? Do you think that helps coaches 
almost avoid that paralysis by analysis type thing? Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that I learned from a mentor is that it's more about the energy you're trying to get across rather than the words you're trying to just say, you know, your, your script. Because, you know, you could, when if, if you were to walk into a room right, with a couple who've had an argument, you probably tell what it's like with the energy, right? And so you kind of want to think, okay, what's the energy I'm trying to get across? Because people won't remember what you say, but they will remember how you make them feel. So think about energy. How can I, how do I want them to feel in this video? They want them to feel inspired. They want them to feel like they're ready to take action. If they are, then that means I need to get energized to, and deliver my energy across. If I'm not, if I'm stuck in my head, just thinking about scripts, then nobody's going to feel it. Nobody's going to take action, right? So it's more, about more the energy than the words you say. I, I absolutely love that. And I resonate a lot with that because I think that, I mean, this is certainly a mistake that I'm guilty of in that a client comes to see you or an athlete comes to see you and you think, oh, I must give them the best program ever and that will make them really appreciate the work that we're doing. When actually, I think it's as you said, yes, there's a science behind what we're doing, but ultimately it's about how do they feel leaving the gym? They, they may well have got a one rep max. They may have, I don't know, lost body fat, increased muscle. But if you didn't make them feel successful, or how they would want to feel leaving, then it doesn't matter how good your training program actually is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we have to think about what is it that they want. They want to feel good. They want to, you know, have a great experience. And so again, it's about getting out of your own way. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. What has been the, what's been the biggest challenge for you? Like, obviously, as you said, uh, transitioning from being a game developer into almost the other end of the scale. As you said, I've seen your videos, you put content out there every day. What's been the biggest challenge for you either as a coach or a businessman? Mm. I think definitely shifting that identity in terms of me used to being a game developer to now being a coach is totally the opposite end of the spectrum. And I've had to literally reinvent myself and tell myself, different things on a daily basis like no more that i i'm shy or i'm not confident i have to be confident if i want to do this i have to speak i have to lead i have to do all these things now before i was literally the guy hiding in the parties right i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't do anything i'd just be like on my game boy just chilling you know just playing my games while people are dancing around I'm like forget this stuff <laughs> and now i have to be extroverted to, to do this now and Probably this whole shift in mindset and identity has been the toughest thing, I'd say. And I think anybody who's going through business or even a transformation like a weight loss transformation is totally shifting the identity to being that person now, to being a different person and thinking about, not worrying about what people think of them or, you know, what people will say, all that stuff. It's, It's definitely the toughest part so far, but... You know, I've, I've made, uh, it's certainly been a challenge, but uh, certainly on the right path, I'd say. Brilliant. And how do you, obviously, with something like, I don't know, let's say you're trying to lose weight, put on muscle, it's very easy to track that progress. Like, you know, you might have a solid number on the scale. You might be measuring certain um, parts of your body, whatever. How have you or have you looked about measuring your progress in terms of, as you said, going from being introverted to trying to bring this energy enthusiasm to this content you're trying to deliver? Have you 
either gone about measuring that or thinking, right, I'm getting better in these areas because of X, Y, Z? I think it's certainly tougher to measure because <laughs> yeah, it's, of course. Not, it's not very tangible. But um, I think what's helped me a lot is accountability groups and people just reminding me of how far I've come. You know, people saying that, uh, you know, I used to, yeah, I, I couldn't even <laughs> do like a two-minute video. Now I'm doing like a whole 15-minute video quite easily, high energy. You know, people were just saying stuff like that to me. It's been a good marker. Um, I think uh, the fact that I'm, I feel happier. I feel like I'm more confident. People would never think that I'm not confident before. <laughs> when people say things like that, it's like, you know, then I know I'm making progress. Um, and also my videos. So am I, if I'm consistent in my videos, am I high energy? Am I, was that a crap video? If it's, if it's crap, then I know I'm, <laughs> I need to step it up. So it's a bit hard to measure, but of in course. terms of those, those kind of markers, yeah. If other people are saying you're doing good, then just believe it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, on the flip side, it doesn't matter how much, for example, a coach tells their client that they're doing well. It's only when they hear it from somebody else. Oh, you're looking good today. You're looking strong. You know, that's yeah. when it really matters. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. In terms of you, you said about forcing yourself to take action. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm not going to introduce the story too much, but what yeah. things have you gone, what lengths have you gone to, to force yourself to take action, to improve yourself? Mm. So <laughs> some of the craziest lengths I've done, uh, well, <laughs> I've set up pretty crazy forfeits. Uh, for example, um, one challenge I wanted to do was I wanted to do a 100-day YouTube challenge, which is basically posting a YouTube video every single day. And it's not just like a one-minute video. It's like a 10-minute value video right? every single day for 100 days. And um, one of my mentors, he wanted to get in on this as well. He wanted to push me to do this, and he was doing it himself. And um, <laughs> basically... To, to keep us accountable, we got like an entire group of 10 people. And uh, what we like to do is set up either a reward. So we do both, the reward and a forfeit. So if you succeed, you, have, you get a reward. If you fail, you suffer the consequences of the forfeit. Now, basically my forfeit at the start was to like run around in London naked, right? And uh, my mentor thought that it wasn't good enough. They said, Don, you know, what, some of my clients, right, their forfeits is they literally buy their, their wife 50K car, Mercedes, right? What are you going to do? So I'm like, oh, okay, you <laughs> say it like that, I've got to step it up. So uh, what I did was I said, okay, what I'll do is if I fail, I'll put in my credit card details into this group. And I'll allow anybody up to, allow you to spend up to £1,000 on my card, no questions asked, anybody. And the moment I said that, I was like, shit, <laughs> what the did I do? And everybody's like, yes, <laughs> 1K. So that's actually like 10K on the line, 10,000 pounds on the line if I don't post one video. And what do you think happens? Um, well, I'm assuming uh, that you are not broken, haven't shelled out 10 grand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, of course, I, I stuck to it because there's a massive forfeit on the line. I have big accountability, you know, not posting one video. It's not worth £10,000, so I want to post the video, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's the length I go to. Like, literally putting that much money on the line, um, you know, my integrity, everything, you know? So, yeah. Brilliant. And 
I'm sure like me, you've read or come across stuff about habit forming and for example, how long it takes to make a habit stick. Do, do you find now that the you making the videos is a lot more automatic or do you still find yourself having to go to such lengths to try and motivate yourself? I think it's certainly much easier from when I first started. Definitely much easier. I don't have anybody kind of pushing me anymore to do it. Um, but it's always nice to have accountability, you know, even when you're you know, a world champion, like Roger Federer still has a coach, right? <laughs> He's run so many grand slams. So certainly having accountability, it definitely helps whenever I'm doing like a 21 day challenge, some of that. So, yeah. So obviously accountability is brilliant in the sense that it leads to consistency. And I'm yeah. convinced that regardless of what personal trainers or coaches do with their clients, the, for me, the one big thing about hiring a personal trainer is if you're going to lose money because you don't turn up, then you sure as hell find that all of a sudden you can turn up no problem. So yeah. accountability and consistency probably go hand in hand. I feel like me and you both know what it takes to be consistent and achieve the right results in the gym, but outside of the gym and in the business world, what are some of the key things that you think uh, people who are looking to get into business need to be consistent with? Mm. That's a good question. So really consistency comes, or it's important, is doing the things that drive money, <laughs> yep. doing the things that actually make money. And there are many different things that have to be done in the business like the website, the logo, but really does it actually <laughs> bring you money? Probably not, right? So focus on the things that drive the, you know, the income that allow you to have a business. And these are usually the things that are the hardest. So for this is like, for example, talking to potential new clients, potential prospects. I know people you know, can be shy and all that stuff, but if you don't do it, then you don't have a business, right? If you don't do a video, you know, you're not gonna build the audience, right? And if you don't put an audience, nobody's gonna know about you. If you're not visible, you're invisible and you have no business. So <laughs> do, do the things that are gonna bring, you know, the, the client getting activities basically. Don't waste your time on things that are not gonna bring money. Do you think a lot of, I mean, I'm certainly guilty of this myself, but do you think a lot of coaches who are looking to go into business are almost look at marketing as like a dirty word or for example, they almost have images of, salesman so to speak how how do you well one how do you break that image and two how do you reframe that scenario because as you said if no one knows you exist and you aren't marketing then you have no business and then all of a sudden something that you love doing you can no longer viably do as a job how do you reframe that marketing stereotype mm, that's a good question so a lot of good questions here by the way sorry <laughs> that's really good uh so <laughs> regards to marketing I mean, you, you've got to be a marketer first and foremost. You're not, you're not really a coach, really. You're a marketer of your service because if you don't market, you can't coach anybody, right? If you don't, if you don't know to sell. And by the way, you know, even if you're not looking to be in business, know that you're always selling because how are you going to recommend somebody that cinema? You sell it to them, right? You sell them the features and the benefits of how great it was how funny the film was, all that stuff you're selling. What does a kid do when they want that, that toy? They're selling to their dad or their, their mom or dad. Oh, you know, dad, daddy, daddy, I want this car. You know, it's got, it's a nice shiny pictures. And, you know, eventually, what's he doing? He's selling, right? He's selling why he wants it. And so think about this, like everything is selling. If you want a girlfriend, you've got to sell yourself. Yeah. 
marketing it's, it's the same you've got to market yourself you've got to tell people about yourself if you don't then again you're going to be wasting your time doing something you hate so <laughs> do it suck it up and do it otherwise yeah. you're going to business simple as that, simple as that. something like it's something as broad as fitness and you know there's billions of instagram one hit wonders whatever I've seen some of the stuff you do on social media and I really like that you focus on helping somebody as opposed to pushing your program onto them. How or what advice would you give to someone to actually stand out when social media and stuff like that is absolutely saturated with fitness related content? I think uh, how do you stand out is by you, is, is your personality, is showing your, your side. So I find that my clients right now, they tend to be some kind of similarities with how I am <laughs> because I show myself on camera. I show how I am and people can relate to it. They can relate to being shy and introverted. They can relate to being, uh, you know, wanting to have more or achieve more in life. I'm all about, you know, personal development, all this stuff. Right? So share things about you. If you want to stand out, share what's, what you value. So whether you, know, you value personal development, whether you value this particular thing, right? I, I think you need to share your values, like your deep core values, share your story, share your wins and losses, share what people can relate to. Don't worry about your programs, you know, that, I mean, if, if you, <laughs> people focus too much on the programs, it's really, they need to just focus on helping the people that they're trying to serve. I think that's where most people kind of get stuck. They're thinking more about, okay, I need to, you know, break down this squat mechanics step by step, but really people just want to know, how do I get a big booty, you know? <laughs> tell it to them like that. <laughs> Ask them what they want, give it to them. Yeah, as simple as that. And like you said about the programming side of things, it's definitely something I'm guilty of. Like, obviously, uh, even this weekend, I've been on some C- a CPD conference and it was talking about long-term athletic development. But as you said, if you can't engage the athlete in front of you, whether it's a kid, whether it's like you said, somebody who just wants to look good in a wedding dress, if you can't engage that person, then they're not going to think, oh, I'll pick this coach because he's got a better program than that coach. Ultimately, like you said, that relationship and they want someone who gets them, who they can trust. And as you said, who's going to make them feel good regardless of what the actual goal is. Mm. How hard do you think it is to... I mean, obviously social media has brilliant positives in the sense like, you know, I, I'm aware you've got a lot, of con- uh, a lot of clients who are in different countries and obviously social media has allowed that connection. What are some of the pros and cons you see about social media in terms of building relationships in the world we live in today? So with regards to social media, I think sometimes people forget that there's another person on the end, on the end of the conversation <laughs> because uh, and this is why haters you know, pop up now and then, right? You never really hate on somebody in your life. Right? No. Uh, but because we have this barrier, right? We have this screen in front of us. If people think that you're not talking to a human being when actually you are, and so you need to think like you're talking to somebody in your life, you know? So I think social media, you know, it's, it's been great in the fact that it's connected us, connected us, you know, people I've never would have met, right, in, in real life if it wasn't for the internet. But uh, I think people tend to forget that's another person there. And I think 
once you can connect back to that human side, the heart side, you know, the one-to-one connection and just, you know, listen for the sake of listening and just be a human being, <laughs> then I think you'd, you know, succeed in, uh, or at least do better with our social media. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And in terms of social media, I find that a lot of, well, a friend of mine, he, uh, he helps develop businesses and he says that one thing he deals with all the time is companies that say stuff like, oh, we've got, I don't know, a million likes on Facebook or uh, a thousand people retweeted, whatever. And he'll say, yeah, but how many people actually paid for your services? And he'll say, you know, that's, that's the metric that they care about. Obviously balancing, building that social media presence, building those relationships and also sales are arguably similar things, but different things. What are some of the key performance metrics you look at in terms of evaluating whether, for example, a business idea has done well, whether it's something that you perhaps want to tweak? How do you go about evaluating what you're doing from a business perspective? Mm. So one one of the things that I learned from my mentor is to focus more on the lead indicators versus the lag indicators. Okay. So for example, this means things like the things you can control. These are the lead indicators. So this is, for example, the number of times you post on social media, the number of people you reach out to, uh, you know, the number of group posts you do, the number of people you speak to, etc. The lag indicators is the results, i.e. the amount of revenue you generate, uh, you know, the number of calls you, you generate. This depends on how many people you reach out to, right? So focus more on the lead indicators. Are you hitting your metrics? If you are and the results are not showing, then you've got to tweak something in your messaging or tweak something in you know, your post, basically. But the only thing you can control right now is the <laughs> lead indicators. So focus more on the lead indicators. That's what I tend to do. And if I'm not hitting my results, then I can look and see, okay, something's wrong here. I need to tweak this, this, and I'll try it. And then you may find results change. That's the first time I've heard something described as that. Obviously, I've heard of controllables and uncontrollables, but lead and lag, that's definitely something I'm going to take from this podcast. How do you, so for example, I've done several videos and I've thought, oh, why is this one done well? Why is that one done rubbish? Do you, I'm sure you obviously look at it in from your own perspective. How do you, if you can't figure out why, for example, this one did well and this one didn't do so well, um, do you, do you show that to friends, family, or your mentors? How do you go about that process? Um, so if, if I, if I know something has not gone well, then I look at something that I've done previously similar and mm-hmm. see if it has, if it's not, then I know that that topic or something in that video was just off, right? Uh, I don't tend to look at the views, but more so the engagement or whether I've, whether I, something, something wrong with me basically. So yep. Was my energy off? Was uh, you know? Was it not clear? Did I distribute it right? Did I did I do a correct uh, title? You know, title is very important as well. Okay. Was my, was my pattern interrupt? I.e., you know, things I do. Uh, for example, <laughs> I have like a little uh, objects in this house, and I tend to wave it in front of the camera to get yes. attention. I have wondered why you did that. So that's to get people's attention, right? Did I do that, or did I not do that? You know, things like that. Did I miss something? Did I? Do something like basic that I missed. Again, it's it's not so much the it's not so much the result, i.e. the views, but mm-hmm. more so the things I can control. So do yeah. I need to add the pattern interrupt? Let's try that again. And if I 
do it again and I change the title, then I know it's the title, right? Okay. It's, it's all about testing. So marketing is testing. Right? Where, where did you learn about the, like, like I said, I've noticed you holding things in the video and ironically, you've brought me in hook, line and sinker because I thought, oh, what's, <laughs> what the hell, what is he going to do now? Um, yeah, works yeah. brilliantly. Where did you learn about that concept and what is it or why is it that something like that works? Yeah, so one of my mentors actually shared it with me because he's a marketer. And um, basically, it's called a pattern interrupt. So if you imagine people are scrolling through Facebook every single day, and they're in this pattern. They're stuck just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And suddenly they see somebody wave some <laughs> random object, like somebody <laughs> starting a fire, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've, you've stopped their pattern. You've broken their pattern. And now all of a sudden, they're watching. And from the start, you basically say, how would you like to know um, one thing about why fire is the main reason why you're not burning fat, basically, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically hooked them in, and then you, now you start talking about it, right? And so it's really just, just to break their pattern. You want to stand out, say, hey, 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 and then you got their attention, and then you hook them in, then you talk about your content. So it's Simple, but it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Speaking about uh, simplicity uh, or something making sense, so just to draw, like I messaged you on Facebook and uh, I had a look at your website and I thought, this, this looks pretty good. And I thought, who, who designed this? You know, like, I did. Um, to flip that round, um, I'm still trying to work on editing my last podcast episode, which has taken longer than expected. Um, and I'm sure, for example, you could knock me up a website in however long. Whereas if I teach myself it, it might take, I don't know, a week, two weeks, maybe it doesn't get done. How do you, especially as somebody who is, um, a sole trader, how do you determine the difference between, for example, it's worth me spending, for example, three weeks learning how to teach myself how to do something versus actually, let me just pay someone, we'll get that done quickly and then we move on. I think um, measure whether you're kind of time poor or cash mm -hmm. poor. So time poor if you're, or, sorry? or cash poor. Okay. So not so if you're somebody who's like really, really busy, you're working nine to five, mm -hmm. you're, you're doing things that are more important to your business, like you're closing, you're talking to people, yeah. and you don't have time for a website, I would say just get somebody to do it because <laughs> it's going to save you so much time. Yeah. But if you're somebody who has more time, if you're somebody who you know, can take a couple of weekends out to get it done, then yeah, do it. Do it yourself and save some, some cash. But it depends on whether you're time poor or cash poor. Yeah. makes makes a lot of sense we, we spoke earlier and you said about showing elements of yourself in your videos and that is almost a way to stand out what are your and you said about values being important what are your key values whether it comes to training people running your business or just developing yourself i think the main focus for me has always been to just focus on growing that's probably my main values is growth um and that's why my, one of my, uh, my mantras is to keep growing stronger. Just keep growing. It, it never stops. And I think in terms of training people, I've always wanted them to focus on you know, how can you get better the next day? How can you get better from today to the next day? How can you, you know, focus on your strength rather than your belly fat? <laughs> or you know, how, can you just, how can you grow stronger in this moment to the next moment? And I think that's kind of yeah, been my mantra. Okay. So, uh, getting close to finishing up now. So I'm always looking to get inspiration from other fields and how that can translate into coaching or training or business from your gaming background. Is there any experiences or any skills that you've developed that you found particularly useful either in business or your training? 
I think um, certainly modeling uh, in terms of pain and pleasure, uh, what I found is people are motivated by these two things, pain or pleasure. And I think having rewards for people who do well, but then having some kind of consequence when they, when they don't do what they say, I think that's really helped in terms of gamifying things. It kind of, you know, it, it kind of mimics what's happening in the game. So, you know, you have a reward and you suffer the consequences if you don't <laughs> show up, right? And so I think in terms of gamifying things, it certainly helps with regards to keeping, uh, you know, somebody um, you know, accountable and uh, making sure their experience is not just about, you know, just here in the gym, that's it. But there's a reason why they get like a reward and it's an extra motivation to do it. It's a, it's a psychological thing more than a kind of gaming thing that I found. So, yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And is there any area of health, fitness, business, whatever, that you've changed your opinion on massively over the past 18 months? Uh, I think I'm changing my opinion pretty often, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, um, I used to just think, focus more on just fitness, but now I'm focused focus more on the overall health side, um, not just about hitting the gym, hitting your numbers, and that's it. I think in terms of health, there's so many different factors, that, like uh, sleep. Sleep literally can <laughs> totally change you. Uh, fundamentally, right? Um, if it's your performance, all of that stuff, we all know, right? Even just drinking water. Water can have a massive effect as well. Um, even things like mindfulness, watching, minding your own language in terms of your own psychological language, your, your own self-talk. This can affect you. Stress, everything. So it's not just about, <laughs> it's not just about fitness. It's about your emotional fitness as well, how you are internally. Because how you are internally is going to affect how you are externally, right? What are you going to see on the outside? So I think since I first started, I've taken more of a holistic kind of approach to the health. And I think that's really helped not only me, but my clients as well to see better results. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, ironically, I'd, I'd say I'd see things go the other way as well. I always think that when you see someone who's uh, stuff is on point in the gym, like they come in, they've got a plan, they execute the plan, they just look organized you've obviously had to block out that time in your day. Like you said, if you're not, if you're training at say six in the morning or whatever, and you've not got to sleep the previous night, if you're not well hydrated, then everything just falls to pieces. So I definitely think it works both ways. As you said, to perform in the gym typically to me says, well, if you're doing that well, then there's probably other areas of your life that those skills are transferring to, not just from a health perspective, as you said, an emotional uh, perspective as well and yeah it's, uh, it's like um, this quote uh, how you do anything is how you do everything right so if one thing is off let's say in your fitness I can guarantee there's something off in your relationship or there's something off in uh, in your business right or there's something off somewhere else because how you do anything is how you do everything if you're late yeah. to a party you're going to be late to something else oh absolutely Absolutely. And as you said, it's not just, oh, well, this is my business box in here and this is my uh, training box and this is my relationship box. As you said, they're all almost like a Russian doll, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if, you, if people could take just one thing from this conversation today, whether it's business, coaching, uh, life values, what would you like that to be? It's definitely with regards to belief. And um, I know that 
from studying psychology uh, that people tend to, I mean, this is a problem that I've had, you know, if, if I had only believed in myself more, I probably would have taken action so much more earlier. I wouldn't have wasted so much time doing things that I wasn't enjoying or doing things that you know, I regret. And so for me, it's about, I think I say this in pretty much most interviews that I, <laughs> that I do, it literally is about believing in yourself and not worrying about what people think of you. Because um, at the end of the day, we're all gonna freaking die, right? We're all gonna <laughs> we're gonna suffer the same consequences. So there's there's you got nothing to lose in following your heart. You got nothing to lose in you know posting a video. You got nothing to lose in speaking to that person. You got nothing to lose nothing to lose in this life. You're gonna die anyway. So just do what you love, believe in yourself, and go for it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, last question or uh, last penultimate question, should I say sorry, is uh one person to either follow on social media and why, or one person for me to speak to, whether it's on the podcast or reaching out to them through other means, who would this person or people be and why? Uh, so number one would be Tim Han. So Tim Han, he's a success inside the CEO, which is a, a YouTube channel based on personal mm -hmm. development. And he also has a, a community that he teaches people personal development and mindsets as well as business as well. And it's really helped me to kind of transform myself, not only into my own business, but as a person as well. And uh, some of the challenges that I've done on YouTube is because of him, basically. And he's pushed me out of my comfort zone. I've literally transformed because of him. So I owe him so much. So definitely check out uh, Success Insider on YouTube. You can check him out, basically. And um, yeah, the second one yep. is uh, one of my mentors right now, uh, Pete Tansley. So people who... Uh, our coaches, uh, check out Pete Tansley. He's he coaches fitness fitness pros, so he's got you know great knowledge and uh, I certainly vouch for him because I'm going through his courses right now. It's absolutely amazing so far. So yeah, those two people I recommend. Perfect. Uh, is that Han with two N's for Tim Han? Uh, that's one N. So one N. Uh, H A N. Yeah. Perfect. And final question: Where can people find out more about yourself or the services you provide? Yeah, so you can find me on my website, dondemetrius.com, or you can check me out on Facebook. Uh, my name is Don Demetrius. Uh, I've got a Facebook page. I've got Instagram, which is now at Don Demetrius as well. Um, so yeah, those are the channels. And yeah, check me out on social media and feel free to add me and stuff like that. So yeah. Superb. Uh, well, thank you very much for your time, mate. I hope that people have taken as much from this as I have, and certainly from a business perspective, as well as a more holistic uh, life perspective. Thank you very much for your time. Cool. Thanks for having me. So that was episode four of the Platform to Perform podcast. I was really excited to speak to Don about business. However, we could have just as easily have spoken about his experience getting into powerlifting or rehabbing his shoulder. I was keen not to do that because I think there are so many valuable lessons that translate from business into strength and conditioning and vice versa. In strength and conditioning, marketing is often seen as this dirty word or conjures up stereotypes of door-to-door -door salesmen when actually, as Don said, your marketing is allowing you to do more of what you love and if you don't market, then you've not got a job effectively. So with that in mind, you can reach out to me uh, on Facebook. 
if you search Todd Davidson P2P Coaching. You can find me on Instagram at Todd Davidson P2P Coaching. If you want to get in touch with me personally, then feel free to drop me an email at todd.davidson2011 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Catch you again in the next episode.